Good morning, and welcome to Reflections. I'm Zechariah. I've got Derek over here with me. And so today, just as an update for our podcast, Derek and I were talking about how we're reading through The Color of Compromise, the truth about the American church's complicity in racism. And so we were kind of talking about what we wanted it to look like over um, this podcast, and we realized that our internship is actually over in about two weeks. But we will not be just hard stopping this podcast. We're going to go through at least to the start of the school year, which should be about five weeks from now. So what we're doing is we're looking at at least one chapter a week for our Tuesday podcast, and we'll give you the chapter that we're going to look at ahead of time. That way you guys can read along with us. And if you want to read along with us, send Ian at Ecclesia and an email, and the church can provide you with a copy of the book. So for this Tuesday, Tuesday, July 28th, what we're going to do is read through chapter one and talk about, um, just discuss that chapter, how we thought about it, what we were reflecting on as we were reading it. And um, that's what our next five weeks basically are going to look at. And then I'm not really sure how this podcast looks after that, but hey, we've got five weeks, so we'll figure it out at some point. And so for today's podcast, what we're going to do is read through Psalm 139. And then we're going to actually talk about why we thought this book would be helpful. We're going to talk about kind of our experiences, kind of to prepare not just you guys, but us as well, about why we're actually doing this and what it means for us to be doing this as people of the church in America. But before we do that, we're reading through Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all of the days that were formed for me, when none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God, and that the bloodthirsty would depart from me. Those who speak of you maliciously and lift themselves up against you for evil. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. 
See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So as we enter into this weekend, I want to encourage a little bit of self-reflection on this topic of race. Uh, and this is, like Zachariah said, in preparation for our time in Tisby's book. And I understand that most of us are probably tired of talking about this because it's only natural. There's been constant news and constant social media posts, maybe conversations at our workplaces that we don't want to have but we have or in our families, which is good. It's This is good stuff. But it's constant. It's continuous. And this flow of content, of course, is going to fatigue us. But I want to make clear and affirm that this ongoing process of personal, intentional, meditative self-reflection is important for long-term change, not only in our own characters as we conform to this image of Christ, but for our society as a whole. So as we enter Sabbath, I want us to bring this to the Lord as the psalmist says. Psalm 139, it's a psalm of omniscience. God knows our hearts, and he knows our experiences with racism. And so the psalmist says, they write, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. May we pray this same prayer now. Let's take a moment to let the Spirit stir our hearts and reflect on some experiences we might have had with this evil that is systemic racism. I encourage you, if you have pen and paper, uh, write this down. Um, because this, this reflection, this conversation, it's not over. Um, it's going to continue on into the rest of our lives. And it's, it's nice to have little boundary markers um, along the way as we look back and reflect on where we've been, and you know, where we might go in the future. So for me, I, my experience as someone who's Asian American, uh, my parents immigrated from Taiwan, I've always kind of been on the sidelines of this issue. Uh, personally, I was lucky to never be explicitly attacked uh, for my race. I grew up in the Bay Area, and there's a lot of Asian Americans there. Um, so I, I never experienced something terrible um, head-on. But even just being on the sidelines hasn't been good uh, for my posture towards racism because I always thought it didn't matter uh, to me. It didn't affect me, so I didn't need to worry about it. And unfortunately, in my undergrad years, that kind of got reinforced to the point where I never thought I would have to think about race. Um, and I remember I... It was my first week here at Princeton Seminary, and I, I was getting office hours with a professor who teaches ethics here, and I was interested in ethics, and I was uh, thinking of what I could do with this interest in ethics, and I asked him the question, uh, if, if there was some field of ethics that I could study that would be helpful for um, the church, what, what topics could I study right now? Where, where should I be looking at um, in terms of this vast field of ethics that I was interested in. And the first thing he said, he said, well, actually, you know, Asian American, 
critical race theory, it's, a, it's an important thing that we need to be thinking about right now. There's actually not a lot of scholarship on it, um, and it's this up-and-coming field that we, we really need some serious thinking in. And <laughs> I immediately I said, oh, you know what? I'm not interested in that. I'm never, I'm probably never going to think even think about that. So go on to the next one. Um, and that's just kind of a little insight into my heart on this topic. Um, it didn't matter. And slowly, thankfully, uh, a class with that professor actually has softened my heart toward this topic of race to the point where I actually think if I were to do further studies, it would be in this field of um, Asian American theology. And that's not to brag or, or say that we all need to do something like that. We all need to focus all our thinking on this topic of race. It's, it's just to show this gradual change that has happened for me, um, aided by all of the protests and all the things that have happened in our country, um, to slowly shift my, my heart from being hard toward this very important and sensitive topic um, to fertile soil, um, a soft heart, where my actions can actually change and I can be a better person um, instead of just ignoring it. So Zechariah, what about you? What are some of your experiences with racism? I'm sure it'll look very different, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, as, as a white person in America, it took me later into my years, even high school and beyond, to really learn that America had a problem. America has a problem. Um, I believe it was after the death of Alton Sterling. Um, that was one of the wake-up points for me. Um, there was a, a comic that circulated of um, Jesus with the 99 sheep and the one sheep kind of thing going on, and Jesus was going after the one, and the other sheep were holding a sign that said, All Lives Matter. And that, that, that image, that's the one that stuck with me. This, this Jesus that, that I've, I've strived to love my whole life is the Jesus that doesn't leave a sheep behind. And to say that the one sheep didn't need help is ridiculous to me. And to say that black Americans are just complaining instead of asking for equality and justice to me is ridiculous. I, it took me a while, but I finally learned um, sometime in high school, I think it was, that I need to listen to somebody when they say they need help. And in America, with the church being one of the primary sources of racism and white supremacy, I felt like at some point I have to do something. And that's part of why we chose Color of Compromise. It's because we want to move forward in a stance of we need to love our neighbor. Not just the ones that are hard to love, not just the ones that are easy to love, but we need to love our neighbor. And so as we move forward with this book, um, I, I personally um, am praying for some grace because I know that I'm still learning and I'm probably not going to say the right thing at some point. Um, and I... And reading this book to learn even more. And I'm looking forward to that. 
But I also hope that you are praying for grace in your own life. Grace to see the, part, the spots that you may not have let Jesus work in yet. The spots where you may feel a little defensive. I know I have them. I certainly do. And so while we're reading through this book, as a church, as a community, as just one of our humble listeners, I encourage you to not just read this book because it's the right thing to do, but also because I think it's an act of loving Jesus. Because Jesus is the one who goes after the one sheep. And that's the God that we love and the God that we worship. And if we are to love him, we follow him. Let us pray. Oh Lord, where can we go from your spirit? Or where can we flee from your presence? If we ascend to heaven, you are there. If we remain in this darkness, you are still here with us. Be with us, Lord. Expose our hearts to the light. Awaken these dead bones. Weed out our wickedness and continue to water the seeds and saplings of justice in our world. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Blessings. Thank you.